You're listening to the Wreck of Stowe podcast. I'm John Champion, and I'm talking with a longtime friend and co-conspirator. This guy put me on so many stages in the Raleigh Durham and Chapel Hill area back in 2004 and well beyond. I've done so much crazy stuff with this guy from party buses to charity fundraisers to hanging out with midgets, six kids, then strippers, sometimes all on the same night. Kevin Garofalo, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing all right, man. Can I be your hype man or what? That's pretty good. I mean, you were always the hype man, man. Whenever uh, whenever you're emceeing, I love you had that it. magic I love energy. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And unlike Rick James would say, cocaine's a hell of a drug, but I didn't need any. It was great. I know. Adderall, right? There you go. So where where are you, Kevin? I am in Ukraine right now. I've been here since February 29th. Oh, all right, man. And what what are you doing over there? I, I, I know it's got to be a great story. Well, no, so I've got two employees over here. I, I own a small web design company now. Um, uh-huh. And I come out here because, you know, I, I don't love the idea of just outsourcing. So these are actually people who I've trained who are my friends. They do some of the yeah. front end design for me. And it's important for me to come out here once or twice a year for about, you know, two weeks to a month each time. And I landed here and about a week later, everything <laughs> shut down. Not Whoa, just here, yeah. the whole world, you know. The whole fucking world, yeah. So, um, you know, the flight stopped. They, they were supposed to have started again on June 15th, but they didn't. And I think sure. that some have started flying now. But I can buy plane tickets. But the thing is that, you know, maybe they're selling 10 tickets or something on a certain day. Ooh. And only one or two flights might actually leave. Wow. Man. Now, as far as flying back into the U.S., uh, if you if you get a flight, can you even come back? Or are we on their no, 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 no list? Well, no, I can come back. Um <laughs> Frankly, why do I want to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy as hell here. It is crazy as hell. It's getting crazier by the day. Numbers are going up. People won't wear masks. Uh, uh, there's a guy that lives on Pennsylvania Avenue. That yeah, it's it's crazy. It's you crazy. See, here, there's been kind of a different different response, which is which has been interesting. Um, here. As soon as they started the quarantine, they said basically they were going to start limiting people on the metro and on the buses. Like you couldn't have more than 10 people on a bus. Masks mm-hmm. were required everywhere. And this was in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is after like 400 cases were found in Ukraine. So it was just mm-hmm. at 400 cases and they just shut things down. And the next day they said, you know what? Screw it. And they shut down the metro and they shut mm-hmm. down the buses entirely. So. You know, I, I wonder why New York didn't do that. Right. Like hey, we've got this rapidly transmissible disease. Let's keep the subways <laughs> open. That seems like it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The dirtiest underground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And, yeah. and here, everybody hates the mask laws. They hate it. They're, they're bitching and they're complaining about it. But they're all following mm-hmm. the rules. Right. Man. It's, it's nothing crazy. like you know, what I'm reading about in the States. And it's weird because I'm an American who's seeing this this 
tragedy happen through the mm-hmm. lens of news, right? Yeah. And what of do you course, think? You know, well, so I have to go to like three or four different news sites. I mm-hmm. I don't love just going to CNN. Um, yeah. They they used to be my go to for news, but lately everything's become sort of an editorial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you go to Fox News, and it's like also an editorial just written the other way. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm reading all of this stuff, and you know, the the most accurate information I'm getting, I guess, is from talking to friends back home. But right. I understand right. some people just don't want to wear masks. Yeah, man. There, there's a whole movement of people here in North Carolina that uh, I think today, as a matter of fact, their plan is to uh, protest downtown and maskless, of course. Then. Um, go to the uh, legislative building and demand that the governor be impeached because he is uh, hindering the economy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm like, just wear the mask. Just wear the I don't, mask. I don't like wearing condoms either, but you do it. Yeah, you got to do it or else, you know, the, you, <laughs> your procreator, you catch uh, disease. Imagine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, the thing is, it's such a small thing, you know. It's not like wearing a mask is, is like that. Like usually, what happens is I put the mask on, and, and then after about ten minutes, I forget that it's on. Yeah, yeah. It's not that hard. And the and the big thing is, you know, if even if you don't have symptoms, you could have it and make somebody else sick. You know, so that's what people should. But you know, people here are big on you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. You know? You right. can't tell me what to do. You know. I know. Like we've got a country that's acting like a five-year-old child that, you know, doesn't want to eat his dinner. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, you can't go tell them to stand in the corner because that's abuse. It's it's just nuts, man. It's nuts. So what's it like in Ukraine when things are good? Um. So I mean, it's. Like, I love Ukraine. Ukraine is an amazing country. If you haven't been here before, you should. The vegetables actually taste like vegetables. Wow. Um, You know, like, I remember when I was young, and I'm 40 now. I remember when I was, like, six or seven going to my grandmother's house, and she would have these tomatoes that she grew in her garden that were just, like, amazing. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you go out, and you start buying your tomatoes in the supermarket. You start, like, eating tomatoes on sandwiches from, like, Subway or not even Subway, but Jersey Mike's or, or one of these other sub chains. And, and they, they sort of have that sort of tomato flavor, but over the years, it's just been more and more watered down. And then you come here and you taste tomato. And mm. it's like, oh, man. Like, it's... Man. Like, you could eat it like an apple almost. It's delicious. So the food here is really good. The drinks are super cheap. If you're a drinker, you can go out to a bar and get wasted on like 20 bucks. And like you can bring a friend probably too. You can go down to the store and buy a bottle of vodka, like I guess a a fifth. Mm. Um, let's see what it is. It is half a liter. A half a liter is about $2.50. Hmm. And it's Ukrainian Man. vodka. It was good. I know that's uh, right. Nightlife here is interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of karaoke, so you know I'm eating that up. But I know that's right. They I only 
they only know a few American songs. Like everybody wants her to play Bon Jovi's "It's My Life," and <laughs> I hate that. I'm not so good at singing it either. Uh, they, they want that one. Uh, you know, Green Day. What's the most popular Green Day? If you think of Green Day, what, what's the most popular song you think of? Uh, let's see. What's it? That "Wake Me Up Before Tomorrow Comes." That one. Is that the one most popular Green Day song? I would have said no, no, Basket no. Case or or maybe Time of Your Life. Time of Your Life for sure. Yep. But Time here, everybody wants Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Oh, and they okay. Have- and it's all right. Like, you know, I, I introduced them to some music, but I'm, you know, my, sure my music tastes are eclectic as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, have you hit them with I believe in a thing called love? Absolutely, but I can't hit the high notes so well anymore. I understand. This One of those things that you get older, your testicles descend further and further. Soon they'll be at my knees. I understand. I understand. I understand. Well, I know you are thrilling them in karaoke spots left and right. What's uh, what's the comedy scene like? Do you do any stand-up? You know, oddly, about a week before the quarantine started, I was invited to do stand-up comedy in English. And I was I've never had that opportunity here before. Mm-hmm. And they were doing an all all American stand up show, man. And um, I was ready to go, and then quarantine hit. Man. But it's weird over here too because our humor really doesn't translate. Really, really. <laughs> like the things well, we find, like for the most part, there are some things that that do. Are you familiar with the uh, Charlie the Unicorn on YouTube? No, I'm not. It's a stupid YouTube video. Here, they love it. And in the States, it's like mid-tier. Um, you know, it's just, it's a different, it's a different thing altogether. But the right. one thing I've been getting questions about here all the time has been about what the Black Lives Matter movement is, is about. They have no concept of this at right. all here. Not a lot of black folks in the Ukraine, I get it. Well, there are but they're uh-huh. all straight up from Africa. And and when I say a lot, I've seen about 20 or 30 black people and there's, uh-huh. you know, a city of 7 million. Right, right. But it's weird here when I see a black person, I feel sort of more at home. Uh-huh. It's like, because I know that this person is not from Ukraine and I automatically go up to them and I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, expecting yeah. them to speak English. And mm-hmm. about 90% do, but like, None of them, none of them are, I guess, African American. They're all just like from Africa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and here the N word flies a lot, but not in a bad way. Like mm. here, that's like the cool way to refer to a black person, and so they think that they're being cool, and the black people don't seem to mind at all because I don't know. It's just, I guess, it's about context, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can definitely be context, and like you said, there's no, there's no reference to you know they're in Ukraine, so they don't, they don't automatically think about you know this was a hateful, hurtful term because they don't, they don't have any you know connection to black people in the south. (laughs) Right. It's funny. Like, so I grew up in Singapore and in Japan. Like that's where I spent my childhood, and I remember. I went to the American school in Singapore and we took a trip like every year there was this interim semester where uh, 20 kids would go on 
different trips. So every kid could go on a trip. It was paid for by the, the school or the businesses. It was private school, so it was really expensive. But you got to go to one of a number of different countries. And I went to uh, Vienna and Budapest in my senior year, and there was a black guy on the trip with us. And when we landed in Hungary, which isn't that far away from Ukraine, they had never, like, it was like people had never seen a black person before. And they all were going up to him like, oh, my God, do you know Michael Jordan? Do you know Michael Jackson? Because we really, like, thought that this person knew Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson. And it was kind of like a cool novelty. Um, but, you know, here it's, it's still got that similar sort of feeling. Like, it's right. cool, like... You know, all the cool rappers are black and, and they want that. But I get asked a lot of questions like, why why are they killing black people in America? Wow. And yeah, it's a... I don't know. I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. It, it's nuts here, man. Uh, I tell people to watch the movie uh, 13th by uh, Ava DuVernay. Uh, it, it's wild. I've, I've spent some time overseas when I was in the military. Uh, they said went to um, Far East, uh, ships for deployed out of Singapore, and I had similar, you know, this was 92 to about 95, and, and I can I can relate. Now, I if you can imagine me with the round Spike Lee glasses and baseball hat, you know, all I ever got was, <laughs> exactly, you know, somebody wants you to come in their shop, hey, Spike Lee, I give you a good deal, hey, you know, and... I remember being upset about it, you know, that I or that I'd meet women in a club and their only point of reference was, you know, the only black people they knew or saw were rappers. Yeah, and this happened to me in Japan. Um, I always tell people in Japan, it's a trip to me how, you know, Japanese girls are totally if if Japanese girls are into black guys and rappers they're a hundred percent in they're taking tannin pills they're going to rap clubs they're posing with pistols but then on the other side if they're into white guys and cowboy culture japanese girls 10 gallon hats doing the two-step and i mean and they think you know they think every white guy's garth brooks they think every black guy is you know the latest rap star and it's a it's a trip to me you know like to to be overseas and see the of the effect of american media worldwide you know what i mean yeah but you know so what does that say about like if, if people idolize like the black rappers and movie stars and everything overseas right mm -hmm. <clears throat> what does that say about how america then is portraying black people in the yeah. media like i yeah. think that that shines pretty good but then like you read all this stuff saying oh you know don't go watch this movie or that movie because it's like racist mm -hmm. even though there are black people and, like i saw something the other day about like how the help doesn't further the black lives matter cause man yeah it's uh it's wild it's wild if uh i said watch that movie i've been telling people watch that movie 13th and uh the big thing about it, excuse me, the big thing about it is it's talking about how slavery pretty much never ended in America. And um, it goes it goes all the way back to the film Birth of a Nation. And it's like, 
you know, it's like, okay, slavery's over, but we still need these people to work. So, you know, we're going to arrest them for minor offenses and, you know, make them out to be, you know, horrible human beings that will terrorize you and rip you from limb to limb. So then they make this movie, Birth of a Nation, and it just, you know, it's just over the top with the black men or savages thing. And there's just so many other examples. It's like, it just never, it just never ended, you know? Birth of a Nation to the war on drugs to, yeah, it's a, it, it, it bothered me when I was overseas and I would be like, but wait, <laughs> you know, they're smart black people. They're nice black people. You know, those guys rapping about this stuff are actors, you know, but you know, it's- What yeah. about movies like Boys in the Hood? Boys in the Hood's a great film. Great I do, film. I think, see, I, I saw that growing up and like, it, it made me like think that gangsters were a little bit cool, but it also made me see like, oh, this is why people get into being gangsters. And I know that that's mm-hmm. you know, not exactly the real, portrayal of it but like this is how you get out of it this is like this is what it was so I, I mean I remember seeing like really poignant movies too um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know one of my favorite Civil War movies of all time is Glory oh Glory yeah it's a great film it was it was amazing and you know it it kind of hammers home the, the, the whole point like <laughs> I mean <laughs> Whoever can look at the Confederate flag at this day and age and say, okay, you know, this isn't a symbol of slavery is stupid. There you go. There you but, go. It, it, it meant something. It was it was a taunt, you know? It's like, we lost the war, but, you know, back home, we're going to praise the... Exactly. It was, and I don't, get, I don't get why in the military anybody would support this. Like, they were the only country in the world that almost brought America to their knees. You know? Why are we flying their flag? It's like... You know, I'm sure there were plenty of Germans who had who had you know ancestors that were Nazis. They don't hot like they don't fly that flag proudly. They're like super ashamed of it. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's uh, like I said the whole it's heritage, not hate thing. But what if your heritage is fucked up? <laughs> when do you you know when do you accept? Okay, you know these people before me were wrong. It's there's a whole lot of re-education that should happen, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Especially not with in my opinion, you know, current leadership that America has. Uh, we have, just we have current leadership. <laughs> yeah, would you believe, right? Uh, yeah, I stretch to call it that. Yeah, it just but, you know, he's kind of know, feeding, I'm, kind of feeding the fire of you know those brown people are bad and it's it's um, it's bad because it, it opens up this entire cauldron of well if he can say it I've been wanting to say it hell I'm gonna say it to whoever I want you know and but that, I've got a question bad. for you like what, what here's what's bothering me the most about it is comedy mm-hmm. like this has impacted comedy a lot oh, right yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for me, I've always looked at comedy as a way of making people laugh at difficult things, but still getting them to think about it, right? Yeah. So, do you remember the jokes that I told about, like, Black Jesus and White Santa? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, so do you mind if I tell them for the please, context please, for please. the listener? So, please, right, was, please, please. So, first of all, like one of the first times I told these jokes, um, <laughs> it was at the Richard Pryor tribute show. Okay. Uh, if in, you remember that. Yeah, I remember uh, that. I remember that. Treehouse or something. I was the only white comedian performing. And <clears throat> um, I got up and said, I was talking about how I, I'm really sick of uh, of everybody having this this picture of of Jesus, right? And he's always white because clearly the people who are defending the notion of him being white are the same people who want to, you know, nuke the Middle East in general. Right, mm-hmm. never the white person that was from the Middle East ever in the entire history. But there's other proof as well. You know, he was mm-hmm. poor. <laughs> you know, and I mean, he couldn't swim. He had to walk on water. So that's how you know Jesus was black, right? That, I um, remember this too. And then you know, I, I go into uh, to the you know at the same time, we, it's impossible to have a black Santa Claus. And I don't mean offense by that, but he's from Scandinavia. There's never ever been a black person. That's like coming from Scandinavia before. <laughs> but also, you know, kids, we already ask them to believe like the most ridiculous thing. That there's this man who can like fly around in one night, 36 hours, if you consider time change, right? And drop mm-hmm. off presents to millions and millions of people. And given what's happening in America with like Eric Garner and Michael Brown and now George Floyd, do you really think that there's a black man who could break into millions of homes and not at least get stopped by the police? I do okay. remember that joke. I do. I do. After the show, mm-hmm. a white girl came up to me and said, your racist jokes don't fly. You can't make fun of colored people like that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and the thing is, isn't making fun of black people. You know, now it's so hard to say anything. You know, right. um, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't tell those jokes now. That's for damn sure. Um, and everyone but I want to. Yeah, everyone is on this. You know, let me expose someone who's wrong. See, I found someone who's wrong. Let me get them canceled. Let me get them ruined. You know, and no one like uh, perfect example. Just like you're talking about, like Blazing Saddles. I see there's this big move to cancel blazing saddles because you know it's a satire of racism written by Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor you know and Richard Pryor has said in interviews I've read he wanted to make racists look like jerks but there are people who you know maybe they only see a little bit of the movie and they see clan imagery so automatically we gotta cancel it right I mean it's like Huckleberry Finn Mm mm-hmm they tried to cancel Huckleberry Finn. This was years ago. It uses the N-word something like a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Because one of the characters' name is N-word Jim, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you look at it, at the time that it was written, I'm not saying that racism was ever okay, but what I am saying is at the time it was written, no white protagonist in a book was going to have a best friend that was black. Right. Moreover, Huckleberry Finn was kind of a moron, and, and Jim bailed him out. <laughs> like He was the responsible one. <laughs> yeah. In this yeah. time when it wasn't okay to be friends with black people, this kid's best friend was a black guy who was way more responsible than him. If anything, that's the opposite of racist. Because it's not about the word that was used. It's about it's okay to be friends with black people and they might be better than you. <laughs> like yeah. and that's okay. 
you know yeah it's there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of anger and hurt there's a lot of confusion here in the states because when you say black lives matter you know especially in the sense of you know uh law enforcement please stop killing me my life matters you know there's still a lot of people that don't get it and they want to say well all lives matter so hold on i want to say that i'm a fan of the idea of all lives matter in general I, i do believe that all lives matter but when people won't say that black lives matter i ask them to break down the equation for me of what is the equation for all lives matter well the equation is white lives matter black lives matter brown lives matter red lives matter blue lives matter all lives matter but one of those pieces of that equation of all lives matter is black lives matter why can't you say that why is it so hard for you to say that and like i said it there's there has to be a, a re-education because people think if you say black lives matter you're saying it's okay to destroy property or you're, you're saying it's okay to you know have sex with my daughter you know they they, they just take it the wrong way and you know that's 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 not you know the whole the whole purpose is you know black lives matter just as much as white lives you know our lives are equal and our lives matter too um and by saying white lives matter (laughs) by by saying white lives matter it's kind of like this is the example i've i've used it's like say you had a child and your child died and you're giving the eulogy and you're talking about how much you love your child and how much your child meant to you and all of a sudden karen from north raleigh steps in front of the microphone and says yeah 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 but white lives are important too that's that's how white lives matter feels <laughs> that's how or all so lives like i i um there was a lot of people that were getting canceled even you know two three four five years ago mm-hmm. over blackface right mm-hmm. and and one of them stood out to me there was this actress who dressed up as crazy eyes from orange is the new black they were doing an orange is the new black mm-hmm. thing i don't know who this actress was or whatever but she darkened her skin you can call it blackface for sure mm-hmm. um you know, so that she could be more like Crazy Eyes. And and the purpose was she loved this actress so much and she loved this character so much that she wanted to do the best possible portrayal of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, why is that a bad thing that she wants to emulate somebody who's black, right? Why is that bad? And somebody says, well, you don't understand historical context. Believe me, I understand historical context, right? And, and blackface wasn't mm-hmm. usually a good thing in my mind but uh, I asked the question about okay let's say that there's a little girl for Halloween and she wants to dress up like Michelle Obama and she's a white girl the difference between Michelle Obama and and Hillary Clinton is a little four-year-old girl is the color of your skin right but now we're telling this little girl you can't dress up like Michelle Obama and put on blackface because it's racist but really the little girl all she knows is she wants to be just like Michelle Obama and we're telling somebody it's not okay. And now she's starting to see, oh, there's a difference between white people and black people. And it's not okay to do some things and and we should, you know, not do this, right? And I said, in that case, is it a bad thing? And, and the person who I was talking to told me to shut up 
that it was my white privilege speaking and that I just didn't understand anything. And basically that because I wasn't a black person, I have no, I should have no opinion in, in, in the matter. Which whenever anybody starts to feel marginalized and not counted and not heard and, and are being told that they're going to be marginalized and not counted and not heard, it's a scary and disenfranchising thing. Don't get me wrong. This has happened to black people in America for 250 years and it's not right, but it's not right the other way either. They, they talk about a discussion and we need to be able to talk about these things, but when somebody doesn't agree with your points of look at the historical context, I've looked at the historical context, but this isn't in the historical context, right? Have a better discussion with me and don't just tell me to shut up. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think uh, for a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of black people kind of feel like by this point in time, we shouldn't have to say things like don't wear blackface, don't call me by, you know, an animal moniker, you know, so it's, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's like we have to every couple of years, you know, I feel like I have to do, uh, you know, a social media post. Okay. This is okay. This is not okay. This is okay. This is not okay. This is why I, I had people, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, so the NFL is going to play the uh, Negro National Anthem before the first game, if there's ever a first game. And there were people making posts like, you know, now why is there a Negro National Anthem? Why did they have a Negro National Anthem? What, what was the purpose of that? And it's like, okay, do we need to go? <laughs> do you, why would you not know? People that don't understand why they're historically black colleges and universities and and it does it does reek of privilege it's like it's not like it's not like black people said hmm, you know university of north carolina chapel hill is pretty cool but i'm gonna start my own college no that's not why it was done <laughs> it was done because they wouldn't let us go to school with you you understand what i'm saying i mean it, there are people who just get tired of having to re-explain the anger, hurt, and disappointment that Black people go through day to day. You follow me? So wouldn't it be great, John, if we could get to a point where, and and for sure right now, this is not the time, right? right? There's also a time and a place for everything. So like you said, those jokes that I tell, I shouldn't tell them right now. And and you're right, because it's too raw. And for me in comedy, that kind of sucks, because because I, I don't think it should ever be too raw. But wouldn't it be great if there was a point in time where, where it was okay for white people to want to be black people, right? To, to look up to those people. And I guess, like, another example would be I was out one day with two white girls and a rap song came on and it used the n-word in it and one of the girls didn't say the word and the other girl did and the girl who didn't say the word got so angry at the girl who did say the word and she said a white person should never say this right Mm -hmm. and okay I, I, I agree 
a little bit, kind of. But she's wait a second. No, I'm singing. She's singing this song that was written by a black person, and she knows all the words to this song. So like, she appreciates the culture. She appreciates this artist so much so that she's learned all the words. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like, I don't know this song at all because, in general, for the most part, rap has just never really appealed to me. Neither does most top forty stuff either, and neither does, you know, like I, I like, I have kind of a weird taste in music. I'm sure you've seen my karaoke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, like, so what's the answer there? Should somebody sing the word or not sing the word? Is it is it worse to become, you know, to, to always have to be conscious about something, rather than well, put it in the back of your mind, like you know, there's no difference, right? Right now, the time isn't there. Like right now, we should all tread lightly because we need to. But right. I don't know. I guess that there should come a point that like we're not forced to think of people as different. You know, I see where you, I see what you're saying, <laughs> and uh, yeah, now now isn't the time, and it and it's difficult. It's very difficult, and I guess the thing I'd say in that situation is. I'd say like we're like we're looking at white people being forced to tread lightly and you just have to say, okay, well, black people have been forced to tread lightly for 250 plus years. So, you know, it's 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 tough. It's tough. It's tough to be so compassionate, so aware and alert all the time. And a lot of people just won't do it. You know, (laughs) a lot of people just, you know, they're they're I get the vibe of okay, I've had enough of this. When are we going to go back to... And when you think about it, Kevin, you're, you're not you're not here stateside. I'll tell you this for sure. If people hadn't been locked down, if people hadn't been in their house with nothing to do, you know, I don't think the, the murder of George Floyd would have affected people as much. It's like, now see, it's like it was see, in their I face all the time. I think it would have, right? You know, y- you look at you look at what happened with Michael Brown, mm-hmm. and, and there was a point in there that there was a struggle, right? And mm-hmm. enough people were able to say, "Ah, eh, he probably shouldn't have struggled. He probably like uh, I can kind of maybe see it from the cop's point of view, even though probably the cop was wrong." There's this plausible deniability in the George Floyd case, and the same thing with Eric Garner too, like pure and simple like that was murder like there was no there is no reason for that to have happened at all and but, I think you know what really struck home to everybody about this case was mm-hmm. that it went on for over eight minutes and yeah. after five minutes he was already passed out like mm-hmm. what kind of monster do you have to be exactly. when somebody is passed out to continue to kneel on them and, and there is not a single white person in this world who can look at that and say that what the cop did was defensible. Exactly. Exactly. I think people's lives paused for this three months, this lockdown, and it gave people the time to pay attention to what happened. You know, while otherwise it would have just been another story in the news cycle that people heard a little bit about but yeah i mean this was this was everywhere and people were at home and in the house and afraid to go out and couldn't go to bars and couldn't go to movies so they saw it 
everywhere over and over and you know and it it, it made people more aware of the things that continue to happen to black people at the hands of law enforcement but yeah i that's just my belief i think that if people hadn't been on this this lockdown you know brought that out front now i'd really like to see you know police reform and some things happen you know from from all this energy i'm just my fear is here in the states is that all that energy all that protesting it's just going to be forgotten you know it's like uh you know people are going to let it all simmer down and nothing's going to happen until the next person gets choked out for eight nine ten minutes i don't think i don't think it's going to simmer down and i don't think it should i think i think that there needs to be some real reform made i like you know at first the idea of defunding the police was kind of like sketchy to me until i realized and studied more about what it meant and it it, it just makes good sense like the amount that we spend on police like you know there's there's a lot of laws that are out there that are just stupid first of Mm -hmm. all like Second of all, like, so for instance, like the, the DUI law, I have a way that we get rid of DUIs immediately. A hundred percent, not a hundred percent, but like 99% of DUIs would be gone. You stick an interlock device in every single car. Right. And guess what? <laughs> when mm-hmm. you do that, there won't be any more DUIs because your car doesn't start. If you're right. drunk, even you if you're on the line, you think you could drive, Right. But right. instead, what we do is we have these these laws in place that don't actually stop people from dying. Mm-hmm. All it does is it's like able to punish the person who did it, which is great. But why not stop the problem, right? Get rid of a bunch of cops that way. Open up some money for substance abuse, you know, like yeah. substance abuse counseling, like real substance abuse counseling. Yeah. Give people an opportunity to go somewhere to speak oh, to yeah. some people. Yeah, you know, That's and, and put it. In, in the super lower class neighborhoods, right? That's where it's needed the most. You know, when you go to these rich neighborhoods that have all these like great rehab and counseling centers, sorry, those rich people, they don't need it. They already have the, the access to those things if they need it, they can buy their way into anything, right? The places that need these counseling centers the good ones it's it's in the lower socioeconomic places right right it's in the places where 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 kids see that it's easier to be a drug dealer and make money than to to work a minimum wage job and never get anywhere (laughs) and yeah so i mean defunding the police would would be great i think that's going to start to happen right? right there's no way that trump gets elected again like I, I, I can't, I can't see how that would possibly happen, right? And I think that Joe Biden's going to put some of this, you know, in play. Man, we shall see. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Kanye doesn't steal too many votes. <laughs> yeah, I don't but know Kanye and Trump are on the same ticket, probably. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, those guys love each other. It's it's insane. It's insane. It's you know. And I was joking about it years ago. You know, I said, you know, who who's next? You know, Kanye, The Rock. You know, I mean, Why I really. The Oprah. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for a. Uh, I'm ready for a really boring non-celebrity president, but I'm not quite ready to vote libertarian. 
Yeah, I'm just, I just, I just, you know, I need a librarian. I need someone really boring who, you know, that's what we need. But yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. So it's, it's crazy good. here. You've got a lot of great thoughts. You're listening to the Recosto podcast. I'm talking with Kevin Garofalo, and he is in Ukraine. And uh, you are still as smart and as funny as ever. And I'm so glad to hear from you. I'm glad you are safe. And um, man, when you get back, yeah, we're going to have to yeah, do this yeah. again. And, I'm going to try uh, to claim refugee status. <laughs> I understand. I love it. I love it. You're going to, hey, you need your own show too. Exactly. Because you've got a lot to say. If I could, if I could put one thing out there to your listeners, right? Please. Right now, there's a lot of like people who are just knee jerk reactions, right? To everything. Mm-hmm. There are people who, you know, are clearly belligerent and you're never going to, you're never going to be able to talk to them and understand them. But there are also like a majority of the people somewhere in the middle and everybody's kind of scared and on edge right when you get into a tense situation where you're having this this feeling talk to the person get some context from the person get them get them to see a little bit about your side without being rude just explain to them right and and a lot of these people who are kind of in the middle listen to their point of view as well even if you think it is wrong they're allowed to have a point of view, but you can change it by letting them feel heard. I think that's the most important thing that I can say is, is let people feel heard. Then right. show them that they're wrong without being a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the love wins and kindness wins. But yeah, there's a whole lot of anger and animosity on both sides. So yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's think before we speak and you know, pray for good actions. For sure, man. Hey, I love you, bro. Thank you for having me on. And uh, I hope we get to do this again. Man, I love you. You be safe. Thanks so much for listening, supporting. And uh, we're going to talk more. All right, buddy. Have a good one. All right. Be safe out there, Kevin. Okay.